Then shall their watchmen lift up their voice, and with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye. 3 Nephi 20, verse 32. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, how did Christ use the Nephite prophetic world view? As Nephi and his younger brother Jacob laid the foundation of the Nephite prophetic tradition, they appear to have developed and regularly used a fourfold framework based on Nephi's sweeping vision in 1 Nephi 11 through 14 for understanding and interpreting their place in God's future plan and interpreting scripture. John W. Welch has referred to this as the Nephite prophetic view and has identified the four stages of this prophetic worldview as Christ's coming, his rejection and the scattering of the unfaithful Jews and house of Israel, the day of the Gentiles and the restoration of Israel and the ultimate victory of good over evil. According to Welch, this four-stage pattern strongly influenced and shaped Nephi's and Jacob's selection and interpretation of the materials they quote from Isaiah. In light of this established foundation, it is not surprising that when Jesus came and spoke to the Nephites, he likewise used the Nephite prophetic worldview together with quotations from Isaiah to add details, confirmations, and fulfillments to this same overall prophetic expectation, since it would have been known among the people at Bountiful. In 3 Nephi 15 through 16 and 3 Nephi 20 through 25, the Savior built on relevant themes found in the Nephite prophetic view as he quoted from Isaiah on both his first and second days in Bountiful. In 3 Nephi 15, Jesus began by explaining that with his coming and through his sacrifice, the law of Moses was fulfilled and old things had passed away and that all things had become new. He thus briefly touched on stage one by emphasizing the fulfillments and implications his coming had for Nephite religious practice going forward. Jesus then explained that knowledge about the Nephites and the rest of scattered Israel had been kept from those at Jerusalem due to their unbelief. Jesus also declared that the Nephites were part of the other sheep only passingly spoken of in the New Testament. That allusion to the topic of scattering in stage two set the stage for the Savior's detailed discussion of the future day of the Gentiles. In that day, Jesus assured his Nephite audience that their record, the Book of Mormon, would go forth to the Gentiles, many of whom would be blessed for their belief in Christ. However, eventually wickedness would prevail among the unbelieving Gentiles who sin against my gospel. They shall become like salt that lost its savor and be trodden underfoot. The Savior then quoted Isaiah 52, 8 through 10. On the second day of Christ's ministry among the Nephites, he returned to the Nephite prophetic worldview and focused extensively on the pivotal final events of stage four. As Welch effectively summarized, twice he quoted Isaiah 52, 7 through 8 about the watchmen who shall lift up their voices in a day of fullness and how Jesus will be the primary messenger who will announce deliverance to the Israelites and they will know how beautiful his feet are. He also quoted all of Isaiah 54 about the end of times when the barren or childless woman symbolizing the church during the great apostasy will be comforted, will become fruitful and will enlarge and richly adorn her tent or tabernacle with seed, children, who will eternally inherit. Other themes of glory and the building of Zion are introduced that pertain especially to the converted Nephites. And he concluded by quoting Malachi 3-4 through about the earth not being wasted at his final coming. Just as recognizing this pattern elucidates 
the quotation and interpretation of Isaiah by Nephi and Jacob in the early years of the Nephite experience, it likewise offers insight and improved understanding of the Savior's teachings at Bountiful. It shows that when teaching the Nephites, the Savior taught them within the traditional framework of the four stages of the Nephite prophetic worldview. This was a pattern first established by the Lord himself as he unveiled the future to Nephi in four discrete phases. Since it had become an archetypal pattern used by the Nephite prophets, it made sense for the Lord to draw on that pattern again here to contextualize his teachings in a way familiar to his Nephite audience, thus maximizing their capacity to understand and interpret his teachings correctly. Yet he did not conform to this pattern in a rigid way. He adapted it to fit his audience's present circumstances and the information that was most pressing to communicate to them. As Welch noted, by the time of Third Nephi, the first two of these four stages had already been fulfilled. As such, he only briefly touched on stages one and two and did so in order to set the stage for his teachings about stage three. He also waited until the second day when he was speaking to a more spiritually prepared people to emphasize stage four. According to Welch, it is clear here that Jesus taught those who needed to know only after they were spiritually prepared to understand the sublime materials. In that setting, the Savior could justifiably hope that his audience could understand what he was talking about even though he appreciated that they were weak and could not immediately understand all his words that he was commanded of the Father to speak. Thus, having just quoted Isaiah 52, Jesus gave them a homework assignment, to go ye into your homes and ponder upon the things which I have said. While pondering, they likely remembered other times in their history where prophets like Nephi and Abinadi had quoted and explained that Isaiah text. And then Jesus assured them that by asking the Father in the name of Christ, they could understand and prepare themselves for all that Jesus would say the next day about that seminal passage of prophecy and beyond. Thus, Recognizing how the Savior used and adapted a familiar Nephite framework for scriptural interpretation helps readers to understand better what Jesus taught, the people that day, and why. It also sheds light on how the Savior taught, illuminating methods of instruction that people can apply today on many occasions to better enhance gospel learning grounded in the revealed words of God. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.